Good morning. Good morning. Wow, that was enthusiastic. Usually you don't get the enthusiasm. I like this. All right, uh, turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter uh, 20, and we'll be there uh, in just, just a moment. First, I want to say thank you for the invitation to come and to speak to you today. It's a blessing to me and to my family uh, to get to be here this morning and, uh, and open up the Word of God and share it with you. I want to thank you for that well thought out and excellent prayer. Thank you for the songs that you led and for everybody's enthusiastic singing. We appreciate all of that. And it's good to know wherever we go that the Lord's Church is there and worshiping according to the first century plan laid out in the New Testament. And we're thankful for that. We're going to start reading in Acts chapter 20 and verse 6. It says, And we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and came unto them to Troas in five days, where we abode seven days. And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Now, let's pause right there and just say that my, my lesson is not on teaching till midnight, and I won't be here till midnight, so it'll be okay. Uh, And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And there sat at a window a certain young man named Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, Trouble not yourselves for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again, and had broken bread, and eaten, and talked a long while, even till break of day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive, and were not a little comforted. And we went before to ship, and sailed unto Assos, there intending to take in Paul, for so he had appointed, minding himself to go afoot. Now I would have stopped reading a verse earlier, but that is one of my favorite details about the life of Paul uh, is that Luke includes here that it seems to me Paul didn't like to to be on a ship any more than he had to. I take it because he had been in so many shipwrecks that he he actually chooses to walk 37 miles across to the other side and ask them to come pick him up so he didn't have to be on the ship any more than he had to. I just love that detail that's put in there. It adds all this... uh, flavor, if you will, this authenticity uh, to the Bible, this, this, these types of details that Luke puts in. But we want to focus mostly on Eutychus today. We're, we're looking at being asleep in church. So if you tend to drift off during worship service, this is not the class that you want to fall asleep during today. This is not the sermon uh, to fall asleep because that's what we are talking about. And we're going to look at him and talk about him being asleep in church, Paul preaching in an upper room, and the the details there that there were many lights, and that that Paul was long preaching. He was preaching until midnight. And so Eutychus thought he had a pretty good seat, right? He's up in the window of this third-story loft where I'm sure it's crowded, and there are a lot of people there to listen to Brother Paul preach. Maybe it was warm in there. Sometimes when it's warm in the church building, 
and the preacher is long preaching, it can be difficult to stay awake. I see nodding heads, yes. Uh, <coughs> and there were many lights. You know, these would be the, the little lanterns, right? So those that would add to the heat and the, the amount of people. Maybe maybe it was that. Maybe it was poor ventilation, although he's at the window, so you'd think he'd, he'd have some good ventilation. Maybe he was physically tired. Maybe he had worked hard that day. Then he had come uh, to see Paul preach, and uh, he just... He got comfortable, and he's listening, and he's preaching for a long time, and he fell asleep. Maybe he had a medical condition. You know, there's a, a, a lady in my Bible class, every Sunday she falls asleep, uh, and that's okay. Either she falls asleep, or she's wide awake, and she says some, some things that don't always make sense. And the reason she's that way is because she, she is on medication. Uh, and so sometimes there are reasons like that. Certainly the hour was late, and Paul had been preaching for a long time. But we don't know exactly why he fell asleep, but he did. And sometimes people today fall asleep, been in church services for, for the same reason. Sometimes it's caused by conditions in the building, being too warm or, or not enough circulation. Sometimes it's caused by physical condition or, or not feeling well. Sometimes it's caused by a boring preacher, although not today, but... Sometimes, and certainly not this time when it was with Paul, uh, but sometimes the preacher may go on uh, for a good long time, and uh, or it's being presented poorly or, or on a topic that you're not interested in, and your mind drifts, right? It can happen. Uh, but it's also true that people sometimes can fall asleep spiritually in the church. And so today I want to encourage us not to fall asleep spiritually and look at some of the reasons uh, behind that. Let's look at Romans 13 and verse 11. It says, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. <clears throat> what I notice in the first century, when they're preaching and when they're talking about points, they often make the point that Jesus is coming back. And we don't know when that is. But we do know this, it's nearer now than when we first believed. So the time to wake up is now, right? So this was almost 2,000 years ago, and the time was now then. It's, it's now 2,000 years closer to when Jesus is going to come back. I don't know when that will be, but I know that it is closer now than it was last week. It's closer now than it was when I obeyed the gospel, right? And so the time is now. The time for us to awake out of sleep. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 6. So, then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. We need to be awake, spiritually speaking. We need to be vigilant, both for ourselves and for others. So let's look at some of the causes of spiritual sleepiness, right? First, and I think this is paramount, look at Hebrews 10 and verse 25. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more... As you see the day approaching, there it is again, right? 
as you see the day approaching. That's always the reason. Jesus is coming back. We need to be together. Be together in worship. Be together in Bible class. And what is the reason that's given here? It's because it's good for us. We exhort one another. We build each other up. We encourage each other. Like we talked about in Bible class, Barnabas was an encourager, right? He was building people up. But if people didn't assemble together and meet with Barnabas, then how were they to be encouraged? How are we to build each other up? Coming to worship and coming to Bible study and coming to events and get-togethers of the church is a way that we build community with each other, that we build each other up and we help each other through difficult times. We've all had a difficult time during COVID, right? The whole world has had a difficult time. Part of that is because people need that community. They need to be together. And we in the church are the same way. I've never been to any church that kept attendance up on their their board for Bible class, Sunday morning worship, Sunday afternoon or evening worship, and Wednesday night Bible class, where all the other classes were the same attendance level of Sunday morning worship. I've never been anywhere where every other Bible study was equal to or greater than Sunday morning worship. Why is that? It's because we sometimes are under the impression that if we come together on Sunday morning and we take of the Lord's Supper, that we have checked some kind of box. Uh, And that's not accurate. All right, so this idea that as long as I come to worship service on Sunday morning and I'm there for the Lord's Supper, I've checked that box and I'm going to heaven. Everything's fine. And we don't have to think about God or our brothers and sisters or church any of the rest of the week. We've fallen asleep spiritually. In fact, when I was at Jacksonville, Alabama, there's about, it's a church of about 200, 225. And they take Lord's Supper near the beginning of the service. We had people, and I don't even know their names, because they would always come in five minutes late to worship. They would sing the one song. It's right before the Lord's Supper. They would partake of the Lord's Supper, give, and then in the song after that, between giving and the sermon, where we all stand to sing, and they would sneak out the back and leave. They would just come to take the Lord's Supper. Now, that's not what God intends. God expects more than that of us. God wants our hearts. And where our hearts are, our bodies will follow. You know, I know a lot of people, especially down here in the South, that love college football, right? And if it's if their team is playing and they have tickets for Saturday night at an 8 o'clock game, and it's a blizzard and a hurricane and a tornado, and they're sick and they have bronchitis, they're going to go to that game. They're going to make it to that ball game to watch Alabama beat Tennessee. <laughs> <coughs> Right? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. 
Why is that, though, that they'll wake up on Sunday morning and they'll say, I've got the sniffles and I, I just, I'm not going to go to church. I just don't feel like going to church. It's because their heart is in that game. Where your heart is, your body will follow. Now, I'm probably never going to get invited back because during Bible class I talked about giving and during worship service I talked about attendance. <laughs> and so I, I've checked off the two boxes of the things guest speakers are never supposed to talk about. But I want to encourage us not just to show up, but to be there for each other and encourage one with another. That's what I want to, I want to do today. Another reason for spiritual sleepiness is being neglected by others. We all have needs, right? We all have problems. We all have things we need taken care of. And the Bible tells us that we are to share in each other's burdens, right? We're to be there to help each other out. Romans 12. I love the book of Romans, don't you? I love the book of Romans. Romans 12. And verse 15 says, Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. That seems to be an easy commandment, right? This pair of commandments, rejoice with those that rejoice. But it can be difficult. And what I've noticed is that it's sometimes easier to weep with those that weep than it is to rejoice with those that are rejoicing. It's easier when... Your brother and sister in Christ, something good happens in their life. Maybe they got a new car, a new house. It's easier sometimes to be a little bit jealous of those things than to be happy for them, to rejoice when something good is going for them. But that's what we are to do. We are to be there for each other. Be happy for each other when good things happen and be sad with each other. When things are going poorly. And so that is what we should do. In Acts chapter 6 and verse 1, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily menstruation. So the Greek Jews, their widows were being neglected. And so they complained about that. They brought that to the attention of the apostles, of the elders. And they take care of it. They appointed deacons to help take care of those widows. So if there's something in our lives, I think that points out the need that we are to bring that to the congregation. We can't expect people to be there for us and to help us if we don't tell them what's going on with us, right? But when people do tell us what's going on with them and what they need, we need to be there for them. A third thing that can cause spiritual sleepiness is lack of prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. It's one of the easiest memory verses, right? Pray without ceasing. Keep our focus on God and remember that he is there to help us. Look at Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, starting in verse 39. It says, And he came out. And went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And when he was withdrawn from them, about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed 
more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. And he said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. We're to pray. We're to be a prayerful people. We're to turn to God. You know, the idea of pray without ceasing doesn't mean you just wake up and you never do anything besides pray. It does mean that you always have an attitude of prayer. We're always turning to God in good times and in bad. Why? So that we enter not into temptation. God will help us and he will send us help. It will not be in the same way in the first century with miracles and an angel here. But he will send us help. God does provide us help and encouragement. And part of that way is by our brothers and sisters being there to help us. So prayer, very important. Troubles and disappointments can sometimes cause us, this is a big one, to fall into spiritual sleepiness. As we struggle in our lives, as we have these difficulties in our lives, sometimes it can push what's really important to the back. It's true that God promises us many things, but God never promised us when we become Christians that all of our troubles are going to be over. In fact, just the opposite is true. He promises us if we're following Christ, the same thing that happened to Christ is going to happen to us. They persecuted Jesus. They killed Jesus. We can expect troubles. We can expect persecution if we are living like Jesus, right? I mean, why would they do that to the teacher and not to the student? So he never said that troubles would be gone. He also never said that our brothers and sisters sometimes will not let us down. Sometimes people in the church will let you down because we are imperfect people. That's why we need each other. We have to build each other up. The darkness is there to help us see the stars. You know, sometimes we go through difficult things because we are being prepared for something else or we are being prepared to help others through the providence of God. And so we need to keep in mind that even in troubles and disappointments, God is there and God's will is being done and good can come out of even very bad things. It can be difficult to say that. Oftentimes people say, look for the silver lining, right? But sometimes when you're going through difficult times or depression or, or something really bad has happened in your life, it's, you don't want to hear about the silver lining. It can be difficult. But as brothers and sisters, we need to build each other up. Another cause of spiritual sleepiness can be being overly sensitive to slights and criticism. In other words, something happens at church with your brothers and sisters, and sometimes people get angry about whatever that is, and they decide to to stop coming. This kind of an attitude has what I call a ripple effect. In other words, something bad happens, and you get angry, and you make a big splash. 
Right? That splash is going to have ripples that go out from it throughout the church, throughout the world. Because of it, the church is going to be impacted negatively. The, in many, many ways, if you stop attending, if you stop worshiping, there's going to be a lack of encouragement for you and for others. There's going to be a lack of funding for the church and the work of the church. The person themselves, they're going to be affected. They're going to be discouraged and, and probably fall away, becoming in a lost state. The person's family is going to be affected. They're going to see what's really important in that person's life, right? I have, uh, I have members of my staff working at House to House whose, whose children have all fallen away from the Lord. And they've told me that they regret that it, they feel like they fell away because while they were young, they didn't instill in them the idea that you need to go to church, you need this in your life, that while their children were young, they were not very faithful. And so they feel, and that's not always the case uh, with a child who falls away, but it can be the case that it affects that person's family. We don't need to be like that. We don't need to be delicate. Uh, we need to be tough, and we need to be tough in the church, and build each other up and help us through those types of situations. We need to overlook slights and concerns. Look at Romans again, 12 and verse uh, 18. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. If we can overlook any kind of slight or any kind of concern, and let's live peaceably with all men. This is true, too. You know, I see this all the time on, on Facebook or on social media, right? Is that people will get into these big arguments and get into the arguments, be it over something to do with church or something to do with politics, and you always win over the other person, don't you? It always works out really well on social media whenever that happens, um, no, it never happens that you went over the person. Everybody just kind of digs in their positions and, and seems to get uh, mad at each other. We need to live peaceably with all men. That doesn't mean we don't teach people the truth, but we do that with the truth in love, right? We teach people the truth in love. If we have something against our brother, are we supposed to kind of hold that in, sulk up, stop coming, I'm going to stop coming to worship, I don't want to be with that person. Are we supposed to discuss it with them and work it out as brothers and sisters, as the family of Christ? So don't fall into this trap and let yourself get into spiritual uh, sleepiness. You cannot work on the mission if you are working on a grudge with people. We have to put those things aside and live peaceably with all men. Sometimes it's because people are remaining unattached or uninvolved in the work of the Lord. God wants our hearts, as I've mentioned, and he, he has them. We will be busy about his work. You have to get involved. I will be honest, there was a time when I fell away from the church many years ago when I realized my lost state and that I, w- I needed to be I needed to repent and come back to the Lord. One of the first things that I did was I said, I've got to get involved 
And when I moved to Jacksonville, I wrote to Alan. I didn't know Alan Webster. I didn't know the Church of Jacksonville. But I said, I, I've, I've fallen away in the past, and I want you to give me some work to do. Because if I'm being held accountable for work, if I know that people are counting on me, it helps me push through times of discouragement or times when I may not be feeling well, but, or I may not have slept well the night before. But I'm going to push through and be there because I've got some responsibilities at church. And to his credit, he gave he said, it's no problem. You can do my PowerPoints for me. You can run sound. And I did that for a number of years. And when I felt bad, I didn't want to go. Well, they don't have anybody to run sound. I've got to go. I've got to go turn on the microphones, right? And so that helped push me through even times of discouragement. Being about the Lord's work helps with everything. Doing things for others helps with depression and sadness. Uh, And so it's important to be involved in the Lord's work. We've looked at some of the causes today of spiritual sleepiness. Let's quickly look at some of the ways to prevent spiritual sleepiness. First, it's worshiping regularly with the congregation. It should never be a question in your house of whether or not you're going to go and be with your brothers and sisters. I know that there are times when it's difficult. I know there are times when you say, you know, I just am not feeling up to it. I feel that way sometimes. And invariably, when we push through and we go, and then we go back home, we always say the same thing. We always say, well, I'm glad I went. I was encouraged. I was built up by my brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to maintain a friendly attitude within the congregation. Let's smile. Let's be friends with each other. And when we have visitors, we need to display the joy that's within us because Christ came and saved us from our sins. And we want other people to have that as well. We need to display a mature attitude when disagreements arise rather than sulking up and getting angry with each other. Let's be friendly. Let's be hospitable. And let's be accommodating to others. Invite others from outside the church to worship and fellowship with the congregation. Let them see what we have, this joy that we have with each other, and they will want that. They will want the same thing that we have. They will see it in our lives. They will see Christ living in us. It's a beautiful thing. And then we need to stay actively engaged in the Lord's work. If we seek him first, then we will be about our Father's business. We need to also keep in mind, keep in the right mood for instruction and worship. Go to bed early on Saturday night. Come prepared to take notes. Pay attention. Look up the scriptures. Be involved. Sing. Be active in the prayer. Be good givers. Be mindful during the Lord's Supper. Think about Jesus, the sacrifice that he gave, and do it in remembrance of him. Let's keep in the right mood for worship. And just as Eutychus fell asleep in church and he plunged to his death, today, if you have fallen asleep spiritually, you have another opportunity. He was given that opportunity to live again. Uh, A miracle happened on Eutychus through the hands of Paul and through the Lord. And he was alive and talking and asking questions just 
a little bit later. That could be true of your spiritual condition. If you have fallen asleep spiritually, you have the opportunity to make that right, to wake up. Now is the time because we don't know when Jesus is coming, but it is closer now than it was yesterday. Let's eliminate the causes of spiritual sleepiness. Let's concentrate on the cures for that, and let's help wake up those that are around us as well. Whenever we do put those things behind us, let's not look back at it. You know, another, there's, I'll cover all three quick memory verses real quick, right? You've got Jesus wept, that's the easiest one. Then you've got pray without ceasing. Then you've got Luke 17.32. You know that one? Remember Lot's wife. Now, I used to go to a, a congregation that they only had a clock in the back. And uh, this was before everybody had cell phones and checked their cell phone for what time it was all the time. But that's the verse that they had under the clock was, remember Lot's wife. Don't look back. Right? <laughs> but that's true. It's true both at looking at the clock and it's true in our lives too. We've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But Romans again, praise be to God for Jesus Christ who came. We're not better. We're better off. We're better off because Jesus paid the price for our sins. And it's our obligation to teach others. So if you've fallen asleep, we would encourage you this morning to come forward. Let that be known. Let your brothers and sisters pray with you and for you and build you up. If you've never put on Christ in baptism, we would encourage you to do that, to study with any, anyone here. And we will teach you what you need to do to be saved. All spiritual blessings are found in Christ. And you get in Christ through contact with his blood, Romans chapter 6, in baptism, through the death, burial, and resurrection, and acting that out in baptism. It's not a work. In fact, it's the only one of the plan of salvation that's not a work. It's the one where you are submitting to the work. You are submitting to the will of of the Father, and you are letting someone else baptize you, immerse you for the remission of your sins. We would encourage you this morning, if either one of those is the case, to come forward uh, as we stand and as we sing.